We'll do one more and then we'll get started. Let's sing one more song. Come set your rule and reign in our hearts again. Increase in us, we pray. Unveil why we're made. Come set our hearts ablaze with hope, like wildfire in our very souls. Holy Spirit, come invade us now. power in us. We seek your kingdom first. We hunger and we thirst. Refuse to waste our lives for your our joy and prize. To see the captive hearts released, the hurt, the sick, the poor at peace. We lay down our lives for heaven's Got some blood flowing a little bit. Ready to get going? Let's start. Well, welcome. A little different service this morning as we gather together in the open air and community and praising God this morning. Um, Just to give you an idea what's going to take place this morning is we're going to have a little bit different service type. We're going to sing more songs than you're used to singing. So hope you got some good lung exercises going on and able to breathe deep. Don't breathe short breaths, deep breaths. You know, they always used to teach us back in choir class. Yes, I took choir, and no, it did not help me. But um, I learned that you're supposed to breathe from the diaphragm, okay? But to enjoy singing this morning, praising God. A lot of different types of songs we're singing this morning. And we got some baptisms this morning that are going to take place. Um, very, very excited about that. Um, 
and just rejoicing in the Lord, what he's been doing. God has been moving in our valleys, changing people's hearts and lives for the kingdom's cause. And it's an amazing thing to be a part of that. Um, this morning, I'm going to challenge you with something, though. Um, for some of you don't know, I, I went, I'm back going back to school. It's good to go back to school. Um, eat the mic. I can't move. Okay. Um, I'm used to my wireless thingy. Um, so two days out of the month, Jeffrey and I are going down to a pastoral school in Wenatchee. And this week I got challenged. The gentleman who was speaking to us was talking about pastors and theological clarity. He said that in the kingdom, in, in God's word, there's no category for a Christian who is not baptized. If you are a child of God here this morning and you have not been baptized, this morning can be that morning. I'm going to be sitting over here. You come grab me. And we can go have a talk while the music's playing. But there's, it's this natural portion of what, what Scripture implies is that you become a child of God. You confess your sin, trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior. And then the next step is just the next natural step is to be baptized. And you don't have to be Mr. Mature Believer to do that. In fact, it's supposed to happen at the beginning stages of your faith. And it shows that your desire, your public profession, that I am a child of God and I want to follow God. And so in that next stage, and then the, the part of the next part of it is becoming part of a local body of believers. And so I challenge you this morning, if you're a child of God, if you have confessed your sin and trusted in Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you have not been baptized, come talk to me. And we can have a, a slew of baptisms this morning, okay? All right? And we just a huge celebration Sunday this morning. Also this morning, we're also going to get a chance to hear from Glenn. Now, how many of you have had the chance to just talk to Glenn on one-on-one, right? Not that many. Glenn, you've talked to That scares me a little bit, actually. Do you talk back or just, just to yourself? Depends on what time of day. Okay. But uh, I said, you know what, Glenn's just becoming more and more part of our, our worship team and part of our church body. It'd be really good for you to hear his testimony. So he's going to share his testimony with you this morning. Um, so it's just a morning of celebration and testimony to what God is doing. So please join with me in prayer and ask that for God to just... Bless this time together, and let's just invite God to be central, be the person that is praised and glorified in this place. Father God, I just thank you so much for what you've done, how you are changing our hearts, how you are drawing us unto yourself. Lord God, we want you glorified, honored, praised, and lifted up here. Lord, we acknowledge your mighty power, your presence your love for us, and how you just draw us unto yourselves. And Lord God, I just pray that as we worship, your name will be glorified. Uh, Father, as we, sing, as we sing these songs, that our hearts will be lifted unto you, and the distractions would be removed, and we'd be, have our minds and our hearts focused on what you're doing. And Father, I pray that in the baptisms and the testimonies that are shared, your name would be glorified. I put, Lord, I just pray as, as Glenn gives his testimony, your name would be glorified. As we eat and as we fellowship, your name would be glorified. Lord, for you are the one who provides all things. Lord, we give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name we pray, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So you can feel free. 
You are so already standing. That's awesome. Um, you can run around or lay down, or you don't have to stand. You can. Psalm 95 says, Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth, in the heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. O come and let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Let's sing to Jesus. You can bear with some of our wind issues.
But help our hearts to sing, Lord, we believe. But help our unbelief, Lord, we believe. But help our hearts to sing that God is.
soul in a rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. I just think the coolest, I, this is the first time I've been at Slidewaters, and uh, it's just, it's kind of unique and special and wonderful to be able to worship while looking out at all the beauty of everything. Um, yeah. Jesus is just awesome. Crown him with many crowns, the Lamb upon his throne. Hark how the heavenly anthem drowns all music but its own. Awake my soul and sing of him who died for me. Crown him the Lord of life, who triumphed o'er the grave, and rose victorious in the strife for those he came to save. His glory is now we see.
all glory and praise and honor and just as you deserve it all, Jesus. All our affection and excitement and joy and uh, we're here today. It doesn't cost us much, but we're here today to say that you're worth our time. God, and we don't just lift our voices this morning, but our, our hearts also to you. There's no one like our God. There's no one like the living God. There's no one like you. We are not God, and we need you. And we praise you today. This morning, we just, just say that out loud together. Thanks for the ability to be together, to know that there's others who believe with us. We have the fellowship of the saints together here. Um, God, that you just give us so many good things. We deserve nothing. Uh, praise you today. Praise you, Jesus. Amen. So we can sit, you can have a seat. Scott invited those of you who are believers and have not yet been baptized to go to the side and spend some time with him. I just want to encourage you, if you are one of those, that you do this. I was in a study in Acts too many years ago to count. And we were studying the passage about the Ethiopian eunuch and how Philip appeared to him and explained what he was reading. And God called me to be baptized that moment. And fortunately, our pastor did it in the pool that wasn't heated at that point in time. So it was still worth it. We're going to get the opportunity now to have a couple of our um, teenagers who have come to faith you're still a teenager, right, Christian? For a little bit longer? Okay, I know it's, you know, you're post-high school. You're not really supposed to say that anymore. But um, Samantha, um, where are you at? Here you are. She's up there. She's, come on, head on, head on down here, Samantha. And Christian, come on down, please. Um, it is a credible honor and privilege to be baptizing um, these two amazing young people today. Um, but one of the prerequisites that I do say there's one thing you have to do um, before you get baptized, and it's for the building up, the, we use a big word, edification, the, the building up and the encouragement of the saints is hearing how God brought them and drew them to himself. And so they each had to prepare and have come to prepare and share their testimony, how God drew them to himself this morning, and being the gentleman that we are. Right, Christian? Men go first, right? So, so you're going to lead the way this morning, right? So I'm going to start off with Christian's going to share his testimony first. Then, Samantha, would you share your testimony? And then we're going to get wet. Sound good? All right. Good morning. <laughs> um, I had always um, believed in God and trusted in him. But just over about a year ago is when I finally came to faith in him. Um, it was when I was at football camp. My mom had given me a call, and she said that someone by the name of Jeffrey had um, invited me to a Bible camp. And um, at first I was really hesitant. Um, I'd never been to a Bible camp before, but I'm really glad I decided to go. Um, going there was one of the best decisions I've ever made. Um, everybody, everybody there was just 
so kind and so helpful and they helped me open my eyes to who God really was. It was just it was just one of the best times of my life, really. And um, my time there, all those little cabin talks with, that we had helped me open my eyes. They answered all my questions I had. And it was just really beautiful, The just everything that they did for me. Um, growing up, um, I had always had um, believed that God was never here for people like me. He was here for the perfect but that was quickly changed. And um, I'd really like to thank everybody in the church because getting to know you people has helped me getting to know God. And um, I'm still in the process of pursuing God myself, but I'm ready to give my life to God. <laughs> I have grown up with thinking of God as someone I only needed when convenient. I first made the decision to take a small step by going to life, but I still never fully understood why I was going. Earlier this year, I was mad at God. I didn't want anything to do with arms that I realized I wanted this really, really bad. I wanted to follow Christ. But it was always so hard because I had so many disappointments in my life and I didn't want to let Jesus in because I didn't want to have another disappointment. It's like I was pushing him away. As I was sitting there in tears, I realized I have done some crazy stuff this year. Why couldn't I make the most important decision of my life? I know I'm a sinner, and I know Jesus died for me, so why would he disappoint me? So right then and there, I did it. I let Jesus into my heart, and it has been the best three months of my life. Even though I'm going through a lot, I know God is right by my side, and he has forever blessed my heart. Now I'm always joyful, and I know no matter what, he loves me. And that's all that matters to me anymore.
Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh, God, how I Sin runs deep, your grace is more, where grace is found, it's where you are. Temptation comes my way. When I cannot stand, I'll fall on you. Jesus, you're my hope and stay. When I cannot stand, I'll fall on you. Jesus, you're my hope and stay. again just <laughs> praise to God for this day so you guys can have a seat this wind is really crazy up here quite sure where that wind sound is coming from, but we'll just get through it. It's okay. Um, so yeah, Scott asked me to share, and now I'm like, pfft. after that, want like, <laughs> can I go ahead first? 
because I'm excited about Jesus right now. Um, how cool. Let, can we just pray again for them? God, you give us faith and you give us strength to, to continue in our faith. And we just pray for both of them now. Thanks for their courage. Pray that this decision would be one made in truth and not only emotion. Let it be steadfast in you. By your Holy Spirit power, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So I've... Um, Scott said, please share. I said, okay, great, like three minutes. And he's like, no. Um, I don't care about the guitar anyway. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. My, my heart's like racing right now. Um, it's okay. So uh, I'm going to try to, I might talk really fast and blast through this. I just, I think that um, my whole point of sharing right now, uh, Scott said, we want, I want people to get to know you better. And that wind is really frustrating me. But uh, he said, I want people to get to know you better. And, um, but I think, um, what I want to share with you guys is kind of exactly what Scott was sharing, uh, that this would be the story that I tell you of God in God's story in my life, um, not my story. Um, and first, in Second Timothy, hopefully this kind of sets the pace. Paul says this when he writes to Timothy, This is a trustworthy saying. If we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. But if we are faithless, he remains faithful. And that's my story. God's remaining faithful in my life no matter what. Um, so I'll start kind of chapter one. Uh, I'll just call it like God pursued me. And hopefully that's what you'll get out of this. Because um, that's what he did. I grew up in a Catholic family. Uh, you don't need to know all the details. You can talk to me later about um all that stuff, I'll kind of skip forward. I was one of four kids, and um, my family took church very seriously. My parents grew up in Catholic school. Uh, so I remember very specifically, like in the, call it, we just called it religion class in our, in our parish, but it's the catechism, and my mom was our teacher, and so just pretty serious. Even like soccer games, we'd get our gear on and go to church first, and then, you know, it was important enough. So that was cool, and I thought it was cool. I enjoyed it. Um, and one of the things they told me, uh, my baby sister um, was the last, uh, probably obviously, was the last to get confirmed. And I remember for all of us during the process of going through confirmation, they would say, you know, you know, this is not like graduation from church or something. You know, we were 13, like, this is cool. I get, I don't really know what this means, but I'm getting confirmed. And like the bishop kind of slaps you on the cheek or something. I don't know. He does some weird thing. Um, I thought this is like a special moment. Um, but I remember specifically them telling me that this is not like graduation time from church, and I, I, I took that to heart. So I was shocked when, after my sister was confirmed, within a year, there was no family meeting. We just, they just stopped going to church. Um, it was bizarre. I probably still, I'm um, still confused about all of that. Um, and you say, well, what do you mean God pursued you? Um, so before that, if I back up a couple of years, I started playing drums. I'm not really, I fake all the guitar stuff, but um, I've been playing drums since fifth, fourth grade. And so when I was right before that age, before confirmation at 11, I was asked, um, hey, would you try out to play at church? And I thought it was normal at our Catholic church. We had drums and guitars and keyboards and stuff. Um, 
for me that was what was normal growing up. So I said, I don't know, it's kind of dorky, I don't know if I want to do that. But then I start, thought it through more. I thought, that's like a standing gig, like every Sunday. That's really cool. So I thought, you know what, I'll try out. So I did. Um, I didn't really do it for Jesus. Um, um, but that was still his plan all along because when my family stopped going, I was plugged into a ministry. And I was 13 years old, and I would grab my drumsticks, and I would walk to church. It wasn't very far. And I did, I did my thing. And um, I didn't know it at the time. I can look back and say, oh, man, how cool. God was showing off a little bit. Um, the leader of that ministry at the church, the music ministry, had his own band, a Christian band. And uh, after a couple of years, he, was, he said, hey, you're getting pretty good. Do you want to try out for my band? So I did, and I kind of, like, beat out the other, like, older guy um, for drums. I don't want, I'm trying to not brag, but um, so <laughs> that didn't come out very well. I, be, so anyway, I joined the band, um, and uh, we kind of did little tours. And, again, this was me thinking, man, we're going to get studio time. I'm going to get to go a little. We did, like, go up out of New York up to New Hampshire over to Boston doing, like, a weekend tour. I thought, I'm the coolest person in the world right now. You know, I'm 14, and I'm playing in a band. Um, and you go to these church festivals or carnivals or places where you're with people and they're praying with you and you're spending time at rehearsal with your band who also is praying with you and all this interesting stuff. At one point, I'm in New Hampshire, I'm sleeping on a church pew, and I'm head-to-head with this guy who plays bass. We're, like, back head-to-head on the pew sleeping. Um, his last name, his name was John Strange. And uh, I said, John, we just couldn't sleep, you know. Um, what's What's... And I didn't know how to put it into words. I think I was 15 at the time. I said, I just don't know, like, it seems like you know Jesus. And he said, yeah, he's alive. I said, no, I know he's alive. It's still Easter, but, like, I don't it doesn't make sense. It seems like you know him. And up to that point, I had all the faith uh, that I could have at the point. I wanted to please God with my life. I was trying on, you know, I'm just a knucklehead kid, but I was trying to please God. I would sit in my bed and pray the Lord's Prayer over and over and over. That's what I knew to do. I thought I was trying to please God. I was trying. And he just said, no, like, you can just get to know him. I said, okay, well, how? He said, you just get to know him. Like, just you just do it. And then he rolled over and went to sleep. And I thought, man, what if Jeffrey told that to the youth group? Like, he just left it there. And I, and, and, but I did it. And I just started to get to all of a sudden, now I have a relationship with the living God. And my family's still doing what they were doing. So God totally pursued me. He knew what he needed to do to get me, um, and he got me. And uh, chapter 2, God kept me. Um, so the leader of that band kind of became a mentor to me, uh, taught me about, you know, he was always saying, you should be praying, you should be reading your Bible and stuff. Um, senior year of high school, I kind of moved on from the band. It was time. I was about to graduate. I said, you know, I think I'm going to move on from this and stop. And about a month after I, I did that, I found out um, he, he, Matt, um, got arrested. He's basically, this year, he'll be released from a 12-year sentence um, for moral, awful things. Um, and so all of a sudden, I'm 17-ish or 18, and I'm trying to figure out, what is that? What does that even mean? This guy who kind of taught me about what it means to have a living relationship with God and uh, couldn't reconcile. Does that mean, like, how did he do this stuff? I don't understand. And I kind of just pushed it away. And then that, so 
I'm 18 years old to graduate high school. That summer kind of became a blur. I went away to college, State University of New York at Potsdam. Um, I don't even think they have a mascot. I was going to say go something, but I don't. It was the clock tower was the mascot. How lame is that? Um, so I went away to Potsdam, and uh, with the, from the influence of my older brothers who I looked up to, they shared uh, with me um, their love of music and other things, and along with that came um, a lot of time listening to people, comedians, and um, you remember you just, like, listen to their tape or record or CD or whatever. Um, so... Uh, at one point, I remember very still vividly, I remember exactly how I said it, George Carlin, clever guy, uh, said, okay, let me get this straight. There's an invisible man. He lives in the sky. He's all-powerful. He knows everything. He's in control of everything. But he's he's just bad with money? Like, he just needs your money? And I thought, well, at the time, man, that's really clever and Man, does that take – it's like the terrible argument against God. It doesn't really argue against God at, at all, but it makes you laugh, maybe, um, and it wins your heart. And, and slowly I pushed away all the other stuff because I was so confused. And uh, about two weeks into college I – mean, I know I'm jumping through a lot of stuff, but um, I remember I met a girl in our dorm who was a senior. And uh, for some reason she wanted to throw a Frisbee with me. And uh, so we kind of – not a romantic relationship, but we started a relationship over Frisbee. It turns out she was an RA. Uh, this has a point. Um, we get into the hallway in her room. Everybody would hang out. One night we're all hanging out, and everybody starts to go home, and, and I could just tell something was different about her. And this night everybody's leaving, and she's she said, "I'm I'm going to go to sleep," and I just I couldn't leave. And I saw she had a Bible, and so I told her, um, "I don't know. I'm trying to convince myself right now that God doesn't exist, but I know that's not true. And I don't." know who else to talk to she said i have a bible study on thursdays with my four best friends who came to school with me we've been doing it for you know i don't know 10 years or something um so you should come to that and i got said what i don't want to i don't know what a bible study really is um but then i came and i said i don't have a bible so melissa gave me her bible and uh god sent me some angels and he kept me um and I got to watch them live out their faith and pray for each other and with each other. And, and it was this redemption. Did I lose you yet? So God pursued me, and God kept me. And uh, I remember very specifically, I went, I took Melissa's Bible, and I sat in the common area. And it was the very, very, very first time, even despite all the other stuff, uh, where I actually sat down with a pencil and a Bible um, I don't know what day it was, and I started to look through the Bible. I got to the Gospels. I said, I kind of know all those. I flipped, I flipped, I flipped. I thought, Galatians sounds like a cool word. So I started reading. I got to chapter 2, and I got to verse 20. And it says that I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. And this life that I now live in the flesh, I live in the, through the faith in the Son of God who loved me and died for me, who gave himself for me. And the whole idea of being crucified with Christ, I had never thought about. I thought a lot about Jesus being crucified. Uh, but that was the moment where Jesus said, uh, I'm going to use you. I want you to be mine. So um, I found out about this ministry called Young Life. I got involved, um, came back home, and uh, I met a guy named TK. I'm wrapping up now, the end of things. Um, I was about 20 years old. I came home. 
uh, my parents were kind of confused about the whole like new different faith, I guess, that looked like something. Um, they were confused, and I ended up calling. Uh, I found the guy about an hour away. I was trying to find out about this Young Life thing that I'd heard about, and he called me, and he took me to lunch, and, uh, and he saw what God had been doing in me. He saw that God had kept me. He saw that God had changed me, and uh, I, was, I knew nothing, and he uh, was obedient to God and gave me the chance to do a ministry. And um, So for the past 10 years, uh, I've been kind of stumbling and fumbling and trying to run after God and do what he, what he wants and um, hopefully bless people. And I hope that's a pretty good picture of, of, of my story. Um, but I really want, to, hopefully, to show to challenge you guys to think, where has God pursued you? Where has God, can you look back? How many times has God kept you? I talked to Ray about that one time. He gave me the great, if you want to hear about God pursuing you before you ever even knew it, he's got a cool story. That was encouraging, Ray. Um, it's just so cool to look back and see that even when we're faithless, God is faithful. It's like the best thing ever. Um, so now I have a wife and two children. Uh, if you know Jennifer, you know she's I'm married up. You know that for sure. Um, she's a rock star. Uh, so uh, we have Benjamin and Judah. They're out of town at the moment with Grandma and Grandpa. Um, but, yeah, we live in town. I'm here. I've been here for about a year. You don't know it by my voice, but I'm from Long Island, born and raised. Um, I could say coffee, or we say water, too. You guys say water, but we say water. I don't know what – there's not a lot of other words. Ball, I guess. I don't know. It comes out sometimes. Anyway, I, I, I'm, I'm glad to be part of this church. I'm excited to be here and see what God is doing. I love Jesus, and uh, he loves me more. And that's my story, I think. So praise Jesus for – I mean, if you don't know that it's a miracle that you have faith, you should know that today. It's, it's, it's a miraculous thing that the God of the universe gifted you with faith. That's not, that's not normal. It's not terrestrial, at least. Anyway, all praise to Jesus. That's what I say. We're going to do another. We're going we're gonna to stir the waters again. Well, let's just pray for Glenn and his family real quick and just praise God for bringing them here. And um, I just got to share something a little bit about him. I know he, he's not going to like this, but I'm going to do it anyways. Um, Glenn is the, has become somebody in my life. Um, and you get blessed with people in your life that when you go and you talk to them, and I say, hey, Glenn, um, I'm going to preach on this this Sunday. And this is where God's leading me and convicting me. And Glenn's like, well, have you thought about this? You know, there's this this going on in New York or this going on in the Midwest or this going on in our world. And have you thought about how God has brought you this passage this week and this is going on in this world and how these two just so inter, just link up? And it, he takes oftentimes what I'm going to talk about when I get the chance to spend time with him and makes it so very real and very practical. Um, and he has that ability about him. He is a very real and a very practical person, and he is very humble in how he lives out his faith with God. And Jen is just a sweetheart, and little Ben and Judah. Judah's got issues with me, but we're working through them. Um, 
Ben loves me. I t- ben, I'm the guy to take Ben to the bathroom. Don't. It's. It's. But you know, Ben and I are you know good buddies. But um, I just want to pray for you and your family, and just praise God for bringing here. Father God, I just thank you so much for Glenn and Jennifer and their friendship to me and to Christy, to our family and to our church family. Lord, I thank you for how how he blesses my life and through his blessing, Lord, we are all get to be blessed. And Lord God, that is what family looks like. Lord, I thank you for the desire to be part of the family of God, working in and amongst it and laboring with it. And, Lord God, I just pray as they continue to settle in in this area and as you continue to lead and guide them, as, as Jen is in a very stressful job uh, being a doctor here in our community, delivering beautiful, precious lives into this world. Um, Lord God, that you would watch over her. You'd be with Glenn in his studies as he's studying, and he's just got a, such a very wonderful, practical, wonderful heart in being able to counsel others and speak into their lives truth lovingly, compassionately. And Lord God, I thank you for their children, little Ben and Judah. And Lord, I just pray that you would grow them mightily to be amazing men of God, warriors for your kingdom. And Lord God, we just thank you so much for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Um, Johnny, make your way, please. Dina, where you at? You know what? It takes courage to um, answer God's call. I issued a challenge at the beginning of this service. Dina comes up behind me, puts her hand on my shoulder and says, I know for a long time I should have been baptized now, and I've put it off and I've been afraid. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, fear can be overcome. And so Dina's going to be sharing her testimony as well. But Johnny, like we do here, then lead it out, okay? Praise God for cell phones. Uh, <clears throat> anybody that knows me well, I don't, I don't write. Uh, I have a real hard time with it, but uh, the Holy Spirit talked to me one evening and I spent all day and all night writing this in the book of John chapter 3 verse 5 Jesus says to Nicodemus flesh gives birth to flesh but the spirit gives birth to spirit I was born of flesh on August 21st 1984 for 31 years My morals and my values were twisted. I was a slave to sin. I couldn't help but answer its every becking call. I have learned the way of the flesh, for it has mastered my life. Romans 6.20 says that when you are slaves to sin, you are free from control of righteousness. And I was free from the convictions of my wicked crimes. I felt no godly remorse. And I lived my life recklessly and ruined 31 years of my life. In 2003, I raised my right hand and swore an oath to the Constitution of the United States. And I joined the Marine Corps. The Marines gave me a sense of belonging. 
values, ethos, a creed to live by, a set of regulations, if you will. <clears throat> I have always had a desire in my heart to serve my country and be a warrior and be a hero. If you wanted to live those things, then you had to live by those rules or guidelines. With 12 years of service to my country, I still had this sense of emptiness. When I left active duty, <clears throat> my life continued to take a downward spiral. I don't think I'd maintained a job longer than six months at the most. I tried college in pursuit of a degree in aviation science, but failed all due to my worldly desires. Everything wrong in my life was the fault of someone else or something else. It was actually my internal and external wounds acquired from living apart from God. I was so ashamed and so prideful of myself, but I could not admit it, let alone admit, admit it to God. I was beginning to see the battle scars and the emotional damage my sin has caused. This is God's miracle and love for me. Two years ago, I turned to Jesus in complete despair. I prayed to him, begging for a job, a woman to love, and a new life. My prayer wasn't answered right away, and I was discouraged, and yet again I turned away. Little did I know that he had a plan for me. In August of 2014, God put a woman whom I carry a flame, whom I carried a flame for since high school, in my path, a Christian woman. I prayed that moment that we re <clears throat> that we reconnected, that she was for me. My prayers were answered. <laughs> okay, but now what? She is a Christian and has been her whole life. I have not. I tried to love her in a way that I knew how, the worldly way, and I began to see that that, I began to see that I had been uh, pushing her away. She did not, she did not know that kind of love. And I just didn't understand that. I was ignorant to what love was, for I have never had God's love. Or wait, I never accepted God's love. The next miracle was God answered my prayer for a job, a new life. In May of this year, we moved to Washington for a job I was offered, the kind of job that you could retire from. <clears throat> the kind of job that I could support my new life. Gwen chose the Livingstone Church as a place of worship after moving to the area. I give credit to the Holy Spirit for telling her to take me here. Our first, part, our first visit, the pastor gave a sermon and testified that he was a prior U.S. Army chaplain. A military man. <laughs> Finally, I could relate. <laughs> I believe that was God's plan. Okay, I'm engaged to a woman I love, my dream job, and my new life. Still, I have this hole 
of emptiness I could not feel. I was still in a really dark place. A few weeks later, in complete turmoil, I called the church, <clears throat> looking for the pastor. The military trains us to reach out to chaplains in times of crisis, so I called and requested to speak with Pastor Scott, and thanks be to God that I did. After my first couple meetings, Pastor Scott challenged me to read the book of Ephesians. I think he knew I needed a set of black and white regulations to read and understand for me, to be able to grasp what it is I needed to do to be a man. On August 29th, 2015, <clears throat> I spent two and a half hours of undistracted time with God, reading his word and praying that I understand what I'm reading. The will of God had me read it three times. Upon the completion of my study, I had this overwhelming sensation of love and understanding and sense of meaning like I had never had before. The whole in, the whole in my soul was filled with the Holy Spirit. A 31-year ruck march with a... <clears throat> 200 pound pack on my back was finally over <laughs> Jesus took off that pack off my back and gave me a map and compass and told me he'd carry the load and take point meaning he'll lead the way <laughs> at that moment I realized that all my questions for life had been answered in order to love you have to have God's love It was made clear from reading Ephesians chapter 2, 1 through 7, that the Lord owes us nothing but justice and wrath. And from that understanding right then, I confessed my sins and repented and gave it all to him to bear. The power of the Spirit gave spirit to my spirit. For by grace alone, I have been saved through faith alone. It was my gift from God. All I needed to do now is live it. Every day from then on, I have craved to praise him, study his word, and feel his presence, and lead in his love. On September 6, 2015, a sermon <clears throat> was given on Matthew 14, the beheading of John the Baptist. The pastor said that John was like a soldier and how people in today's world view first responders, soldiers, sailors, and Marines as heroes and warriors. And bam, it hit me. My warrior spirit inside me, that hole I needed to feel, that empty feeling I've always carried through the time of my military service. I wanted to be like John the Baptist. I want to be God's hero and his warrior. Ephesians 6:10 through 11. Finally, my brethren, be, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. 2 Corinthians 10:4-5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God, for pull, pulling down the strongholds, casting down arguments, 
every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity and obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when you are obedient when your obedience is fulfilled so today i swear a new oath and allegiance an oath that is no longer that is not only taken to the grave but taken through my eternal life amen As Scott said, I, I didn't know I was going to do this today, um, so bear with me. I, uh, I grew up in the church. I went to Sunday school every week, learned my verses. Um, but it wasn't the kind of church that it taught me about God. It taught me who he was, but it didn't teach me how to live with God and how to live God through me. Um, but don't discount those church camps because through camp, I was able to see Christ and his love and his healing. Um, I experienced my first physical healing at church camp when I was probably 12 or 13. And at that point, God became very real to me. And I asked him into my heart at that point. But being raised in that kind of church, my only real walk with God was at those camps in the summer. Um, I grew up, went off to college, got married, um, made some life choices. <laughs> but I always had God there somewhere. I just wasn't always walking with him or th um, and obeying him the way I knew I needed to do. I knew all the rules. I just didn't know the why and the love behind them. I had um, my children, and I was doing the doing life, doing the things I needed to do, but it wasn't. Something was missing. I was feeling something missing, and it was very quiet. And when I realized that laundry was more important on Sunday than church, something was wrong. And so I asked God what to do, and He said to go looking. So I went looking for a different church, and He took me to a place where the pastor truly believed every word of the Bible. He taught us every word of the Bible. He taught us how to live the way the way I truly believe he wants us to, God wants us to live. I got into Bible study for the first time. I had sisters in Christ to walk with me. Um, we were praying together and um, things were going really well. My kids were really um, benefiting as well and learning from the Lord and uh, my kids were baptized now they had been baptized as infants as well but they were also then they chose to be baptized I got to watch my children accept Christ into their hearts and take the plunge but I always felt like as a longtime Christian I didn't have that story of uh, the dramatic change in life from you know the drugs or the the bad choices and the and the awful things and and then that miraculous moment when Christ opens your eyes and the and 
you suddenly believe and, and you have that great conversion moment. And so I never felt like I knew I needed to be baptized, but I never, and I knew I needed to be able to tell my story, but I never felt like I had a story to tell. And I never felt like it was, I didn't feel like it was my place to be baptized. It just something I didn't, I needed to do, but I didn't feel comfortable doing. And then a friend and I worked through it, and we prepared to be there, and then I lost my friend. She's in heaven. Watching me now. So I never finished. I never followed through. Fast forward. Again, I felt that dry spot in my life. I felt the need to find something. So again, I asked God, where do you want me? And he brought me here where I have learned not only to go beyond what I knew, but to really, really start to live the way God wants me to live. Not very good at it, but I'm learning. And I've been, um, I don't always walk as closely as I need to. But I know that I can and I will. And I trust that. But I've still let life circumstances keep me from, forgive me for the pun, but taking the plunge. And I feel, I felt God call my heart today when Scott said, even those believers who have not done it need to do. And I said, okay, I need to do it today, now. So I'm here to tell you that I love Jesus and I am ready to share my life through him, through him, through me, um, beginning today. Jacqueline, if you wouldn't mind, would you get Caden? I would like him to watch.
and being there for others. Um, and Dina is just actively demonstrating the faith that she has in Jesus Christ, and she pours out that love on other people. So it's just a huge honor privilege to be baptizing these two amazing believers in Jesus Christ. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me a sinner condemned unclean oh how marvelous
sing together one last time. Oh, how marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. Can you guys say hallelujah? Uh, let me teach, teach you this really quick. Hallelujah, what a Savior. I owe everything to Him. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Hallelujah to my King. Oh, how strong, oh, how strong the power of Jesus' name. It is stronger than any other name. How sweet the victory that bore my shame took the burden of my sin away. Hallelujah, what a Savior. I owe everything to Him. Yes, I do. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Hallelujah to kindness our God has shown. We were strangers and now we're called His own. His grace has welcomed the sinner home. Tender mercies lead us to the throne. Oh, hallelujah, what a Savior. I
Sing it out. Hallelujah. What a Savior. I owe everything to Him. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Hallelujah to my King. To you alone, Jesus, be all the praise today. Sing one last song here. Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, or the strong man boast in his strength. Let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let the humble come and give thanks to the one who made us, the one who saved us. Oh, I will boast in the Lord my God. Yes, I will boast in the one who is worthy. And I will boast in the Lord my God. Oh, I will boast in the one who is worthy. Yeah, he is worthy. Let not the wise man, oh, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Or the strong man boast in his strength. Let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let the humble come and give thanks to the one who made us, the one who saved us. Yes, I will boast in the Lord my God, and I will boast in the one who is worthy, and I will boast in the Lord my I will boast in the Lord my God. Yes, I will boast in the one who is worthy. And I will boast in the Lord my God. And I will boast in the one who is worthy. Yeah, he is worthy. He is worthy. Sing, I will make my boast in Christ alone. I will make my boast in Christ alone, not in myself, Lord. Yes, I will make my boast in Christ alone. Be our prayer today. Our declaration. I will make my boast in Christ alone. Be our anthem. Yeah, I will make my boast in Christ alone. Oh, I. Christ alone, alone, yeah. And I will boast in the Lord my God. Yes, I will boast in the one who is worthy. And I will boast in the Lord my God. And I will boast in the one. Sing one more time. Yes, I will boast in the Lord my God. And I will boast in the one who is worthy. And I will boast in the Lord my God. I will boast in the one who is worthy, yeah. he is worthy, 
Anyone getting hungry? A little bit? A little bit? You know, it's funny. Dennis mentioned this passage earlier, and this is what I planned on reading in closing. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise, go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he arose and went. And from there an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And as the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran. I love that part. How often do we run when God says go? Or do we walk begrudgingly? Um, but we'll go, that's a sermon for a different day. Okay. He ran. And he said, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come and sit down with him. And the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. Like a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. The eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, does this prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth. The gospel is something that is spoken and shared. He opened his mouth. And he said, then Philip opened his mouth and began with the scripture. He told him with good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, See, here's water. What prevents me from letting me be baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop. And they both went into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized them. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away. And the eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus, and was his bap and he was as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. Listen, brothers and sisters, I was challenged this week at pastoral school that we take things like baptism and the Lord's Supper, we make them scheduled events. We bought this nice, plain, simple thing, right? Well, guess what? If we have baptisms in our service every Sunday, that will be a glorious thing. So if you're here this morning and your heart was pricked or you're, you know of someone who needs to hear the gospel message this week and they believe in the gospel message this week and confess their sin and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, then let's bring them on. Let, let this be something that is normally, regularly taking place in our worship, in our gathering time, in our glorifying God. Let, let us become people who see God's hand at work and we expect it to take place and baptism in this, this celebration is not just a once a year thing, not just a twice a year thing, but it's consistently before us. This morning, or the last night I texted Glenn, I said, we're going to have four people but get baptized. Well, one of the scheduled kids was hurt Friday night at the football game. And his mom, because she was afraid of, you know, I think probably getting the really expensive uh, thingy-mabobber that's on his knee wet, said, no, he can't come to get baptized. So I said, that's okay. We'll just do it next week. But God, I was like, oh, great. I texted Glenn four. We're only going to have three. And then Dina comes taps me on the shoulder. I just love how God does that. Right? But this is something that regularly takes place. And I hope 
please stay. Even if you didn't bring food, I'm looking over there. I'm seeing a lot of crockpots, okay? So I'm betting there's a lot of food. Please stay. Fellowship. Get to know one another. Talk with one another. Laugh. We got, I believe there's a volleyball. The kids go play volleyball. The only request I make is that we keep the kids and everybody this side of, of, of the okay, because there are some pools that still have water in them, okay? So please keep all the kids on this side. But just stay, fellowship, and have a great time. And make sure and congratulate those who were baptized here today. Thank you so much for coming. I'm going to pray for our food really quick. We're going to just sing a couple songs because we got all the stuff here. So we'll have some fun. You guys feel free to go while we sing. But let me pray. Jesus, thank you. You give us every good thing. Thanks for our friends here. Again, just for the fellowship of the saints. To be able to praise your name and join in the heavenly songs. It's just eternally just declaring you are worthy and glorious. We love you, Jesus. So thanks just for the fact that we have food. We know it comes from you. We don't want to boast in ourselves, but say that you gave us what we need today, and we we love you for it. Bless our time together in Jesus' name. Amen. Don't be shy. Takes our place and stands in front of God on high. He speaks on our behalf since we don't have the right. He pleads before who God who judges hearts of men. Our mediator served a sentence for our sin. There is only of our chains we have redemption through the price that he has paid he gave his life to purchase freedom from the fall our mediator was the ransom for us all there is only Don't.
Hey, Ruben. Oh, hey, Ruben. Hey, Ruben. Can you unmute these? Now,
Here's my heart. 